This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, I had a great front. Um, I thought their secondary was really, you know, talented and skilled. Um, so all around, I think their scheme was really, was really good too. So um, I do think it was one of the best defenses that I've seen, that our team has seen this year. Um, and obviously, you know, this week's going to be a great challenge with the front that, you know, Philadelphia has. So um, I thought it was a good game to have and, you know, to work through and learn from, um, you know, for this week's matchup. Three days away from Championship Sunday. Welcome back. We're Grant and Danny, and this is The Fan. Judy Batista is a columnist at NFL.com and a reporter for NFL Network and Inside the NFL. Does a great job covering the league. She's joining us on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. We'll ask her about Brock Purdy. You just heard from coming in among some of the other stars of the weekend ahead. But, Judy, we actually here in D.C. wanted to start, if you don't mind, before we talk about championship weekend with what's going on with Dan Snyder. You've done a lot of reporting on this over the last several months. Things are kind of quiet right now. What's your read on the potential of a Dan Snyder sale and, and how the other owners – and uh, the timing right now of everything getting quiet all factor into what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think everybody's asking that question, to be honest. Um, it has been quiet really since the announcement that, um, you know, when they put out the statement saying they were, you know, going to put at least part of the franchise up for sale. I mean, it's never even been confirmed that it would be the entire franchise. Um, and it's been very quiet, uh, you know, from, from owners who are not, um, most for the most part, not being kept informed of what's going on. I think everybody's just sort of waiting to see um, what's going to develop. Uh, you know, at their last owners meeting, which was, uh, you know, like the week before Christmas, um, there definitely was a feeling that people didn't want to rock the boat, you know, just sort of let it play out. If, if he was, if the Snyders were looking to sell, just let that play out, let them go through the steps there. Um, they didn't sort of want to do anything to sort of, throw things off course. It's obviously been a very tumultuous last few years with that organization um, and with the various investigations. The NFL still has an investigation that's open going on. Um, and certainly that is, is quiet. And I would not expect that we're going to hear anything about that um, until there's some resolution on a sale one way or another. So, Judy, the point you just touched on, I've got all sorts of conspiracy theories running through my brain, but I'll just I'll simply, <laughs> simply say one thing, and then I want your reaction to it. I think this is all strategic from, from Snyder. I think people are leaving him alone. I think that's what this is all about more than anything else, maybe just to buy him some time. I think the whole thing is just a, is him playing chess. I think it's a bit of a sham, and I think he's playing us all. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Just tell me why I'm crazy. 
well, I'm not going to tell you you're crazy, um, but I, I don't think so. I mean, they they did hire bankers, you know, to to seek out buyers. I, I think um, these are gigantic transactions, and um, you know, the, the people who are going to bid or would be interested in bidding have to really think about what the price is going to be. Um, you know, and, and if you want to get into this, this sale in particular, you know, comes with the obvious stadium issue, right? I mean, you would want to build a new stadium. The fact that there's no no viable option right now on a stadium sort of complicates this. So whoever buys it, if if it's going to be sold in full, whoever buys it has to know that they are going to have to also put down an enormous amount of money to construct a stadium and get approval to construct a stadium, you know, somewhere in the region. So I think this is a complicated one. Um, and it's going to be an expensive one. We all know that. I mean, we just saw what the Denver Broncos sold for, and the Denver Broncos are a great franchise, and they sort of own that Mountain West region. But, I mean, you know, a franchise in Washington, D.C. is special, and this is one of the special franchises in NFL history. So this is going to cost a pretty penny. Um, so these things don't necessarily move fast. I, I'd be surprised if this sport just a sham, to be honest. NFL.com is where you can read Judy's work, and you can watch Judy Batista on NFL Network. Speaking of things that are not moving quickly, the coaching cycle this time around <laughs> is dragging. We were just talking about that, actually. <laughs> it's, like, wow. It is <laughs> crazy, but we finally got a hiring today. Frank Reich, right. who was fired midseason by the Colts, is the first guy to get a job, and he's going to Carolina. What do you think of that fit, Reich, to the Panthers? I actually think it's a really good fit because the obvious issue with the Panthers is they don't have a quarterback. They've had a revolving door at quarterback. And so I, with all due respect to the job that Steve Wilkes did, and he did a tremendous job as the interim, I, you always thought that it was likely that David Tepper, the owner, was going to look for an offensive guy um, and, and the guy who has experience with quarterbacks, developing quarterbacks, coaching quarterbacks. And, and, and I, I always expected that he would go with someone with prior head coaching experience because, you know, the, the Matt Rule experiment was sort of exciting in the beginning but didn't work out. So then I thought he would go the opposite direction. Um, so I actually think this is a, a good fit. I mean, he is, you know, despite the way things, um, you know, sort of crushed and burned in, in Indianapolis, he is a very respected offensive mind who has worked with a lot of quarterbacks. And so – um, I, I think this is a good fit for what they need. And I mean, obviously, the thing they need most of all is they have to find a long-term answer, a quarterback. Judy Batista with. Pick number nine. So, I mean, you would, you know, there's going to be an opportunity there, you would think, in the draft. Didn't mean to cut you off there, Judy. Sorry about that. Judy Batista Sorry. with us here on Grant and Danny. Um, Grant and I were kicking this around yesterday, and, and I actually would love to get your opinion on it. The other vacancies, because you said you guys were just talking about this, how it's taken so long, and now Frank Reich kind of you know starts to settle some things with one of the jobs. But how much is it that maybe candidates are aware these are not great situations? How much is the Sean Payton sort of looming factor in all this as to why we haven't seen more traction and movement in some of these vacancies? What do you think? Well, I also think, remember, the NFL has put some rules in to try to slow things down a little bit. Um, you know, rules about, like, the first interview has to be virtual, and then you can't, you know, if your team is still going, you can't interview them, you know, in person until. So I, the league has tried to slow the process down to, to give an opportunity to guys whose teams are still going. You know, for years, they sort of got passed over because owners – just wanted to hire somebody really fast and didn't wait. You know, if you were the defensive coordinator of the team that was going to the Super Bowl, 
you know, you, you missed out on your opportunity because the owners were so impatient. So the league tried to put the brakes on it, and maybe that's part of it. I think you're right. I mean, these jobs, first of all, there's only, there were only five openings. Now there's only four, so that's not that many by NFL standards. Um, and, yeah, I mean, all of these jobs, as you would expect since they got rid of their coaches, have issues significant issues in some cases. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I do think that that slows things down. I think, you know, Sean Payton d- took a lot of interviews, did the interviews, but it, uh, there doesn't seem to be a fit for him right now or a, a fit that you would think he would be interested in. And so I would expect right now, I think he's, it's probably more likely than not that he goes back to television for another year. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think that um, the, the slow part of it, I think also, you know, the Denver job, I think is perceived as the most attractive because you do have, I mean, Russell Wilson is there. And so if you believe that he is fixable, that's a pretty attractive job and the rest of the roster is pretty good. And there's a lot of money to be spent there. Um, But you know, that's new ownership. And so they may be taking their time. I mean, they've never hired an NFL coach before, so they could very well be taking their time um, in that it, it has been striking. I mean, it's been two and a half weeks since the final game of the regular season. This is a long time. Um, before hires start. But you always, what seems to happen in the NFL is once there's one hire, then the dominoes seem to fall pretty quickly. So we'll see now if in the next few days we get a few more. Judy Batista with us. Let's preview these championship games coming up on Sunday. We are right under 72 hours away from kickoff now (laughs) for the 49ers and the Eagles, the winners going to the Super Bowl and winning an NFC title. San Francisco on the road, led by Brock Purdy, who has been magnificent. He's got a great situation around him. But the Eagles, and I'll raise my hand here, Judy, I think a lot of us kind of slept on coming into the playoffs. They got the bye. They didn't look great in December. Hertz had been hurt and hadn't played a whole lot. And then they destroyed the Giants. What's your feel on this matchup? Well, I agree with you. I think the fact that we didn't see a full-strength Eagles team for like the last month of the regular season, you know, when Hertz got hurt and, you know, he was on the bench. And so I think we sort of forgot how dominant they are I mean they and then of course they just blew the doors off the Giants who had just blown the doors off the Vikings I I don't know what that says about the Vikings but that's a separate story um I I think that you know the Eagles looked so well-rounded so complete um uh, you know I I think I think they are the team to to beat in the NFC I I you know and that's not a reflection I the Niners are outstanding um and Brock Purdy has been excellent they don't want Brock Purdy to have to win his game. I mean, Kyle Shanahan wants to be able to run the ball. That's what he wants to do anyway, no matter who the quarterback is, but especially when you've got a rookie quarterback going into Philadelphia with the NFC Championship on the line. They want to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, that's, that's you know, I mean, the, the Eagles' run defense is sort of middle of the pack, but, I mean, the, the Eagles are such an explosive offense, such a good defense. Uh, you know, it's this is a this is an uphill climb for the 49ers. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Let's put it that way. NFL Network's Judy Batista with us here on Grant and Danny. Um, for Philadelphia, it, it, I'm old enough to remember when they benched Jalen Hurts at halftime to make sure they could play <laughs> Nate Sudfeld so Washington could win a game. To like you know, It was meaningless for Philadelphia. It was important for Washington. Doug Peterson gets blown out a couple weeks later, and now here they are, a juggernaut. 
we, sometimes a football game happens, but you know, rubes like me need to ascribe meaning to, to to things. What would it mean in the second year of Nick Sirianni, just sort of beginning this program uh, with Howie Roseman and company have kind of built here, that they'd be that successful that quickly? If they go to a Super Bowl, what would that mean? Yeah, I mean, kudos to Nick Sirianni and kudos to Jalen Hurts. Let's be honest. I mean, this is an entirely different quarterback than the quarterback we watched last year at this time. I mean, he is, think of what they look like in that playoff game, right? They sort of snuck into the playoffs last year and then looked completely like they should not have been there at all. Um, he, his development is just, um, is one of the great stories of the year and credit to him, credit to Sirianni. Look, credit to Howie Roseman, who is the executive of the year um, for the roster he has put together. This is, they, they have like, Good luck finding a weakness. Like, what is the weakness on that team? Um, you know, they, they, they are. They have the best record in the NFL for a reason. Let's put it that way. They're the they're the best team. Over in the AFC, we got ourselves some blue blood quarterbacks going head to head. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, the last two QBs standing. But really, you look at these rosters and the Chiefs' defense for much of the year, certainly early on, better than it got credit for. Cincinnati's defense under Luana Romo has been. Tremendous as well. Uh, this, the Bengals continue to be second fiddle to the Chiefs and the Bills, even though they keep beating them. I wonder when that would end. Maybe this weekend if they can well, get one yeah. more win. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they've they've won three in a row over the Chiefs, right? It's pretty close already to saying that the Bengals are ahead of them. Um, I mean, look, the only question I have about this game is what's what is really the condition of Patrick Mahone's ankle going to be? Because we've sort of seen him walking around in practice the last few days and he's at press conferences saying he feels great. But obviously walking around in practice and standing at press conferences is not the same as playing a football game and especially his ability to move. Um, you know, they've done a good job. They, meaning the Bengals, have done a really good job on, on handling Mahomes anyway under the best of circumstances and these are obviously not the best of circumstances for Mahomes so I'm really curious to see first of all how impaired he is on the other side I'm curious to see can the Bengals offensive line hold up again they were a a big surprise against the Bills three starting offensive linemen down you think "Uh uh-oh you know this is Burrow is going to get mangled here not at all they were fantastic they they were great run blocking um, so I, I want to see, can they hold up against, you know, Chris Jones and, uh, and those guys, um, this is, I, this should be a classic. If, if Mahomes can function, this should be a classic high flying game, uh, which I hope is what it is. You is know, it, I hope Mahomes is something close to what he can be. Is there any way Mahomes, by the way, doesn't win the MVP award? The finalists all came out in all these awards yeah. yesterday. I don't think I know. I think he's the MVP. I don't think there's any question. Look, I mean, his numbers are, are great. I think we almost take him for granted. I, I like. I think we take his greatness for granted. Like we've gotten so used to it that you don't realize. Like he did this without Tyreek Hill. Like remember, we came into the season thinking, like, oh, what's this offense going to be like without Tyreek Hill? He's the most explosive player in the game. Like, you know, and it was basically like, yeah, okay, well, Patrick will take care of it. Don't worry about it. So, um, I, I think we just take for granted how great Patrick Mahomes is. He is extraordinary, and he'll be the MVP this year, and he'll probably win several more before he's done playing. Judy, take this wherever you want. I, the beholder here, what's the most fun Super Bowl matchup? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I think a whole lot of us would love to see Andy versus the Eagles, right? Andy Reid versus uh, his old franchise. That would be that would be a lot of fun storylines. Um, I would personally like to see the Bengals, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl um, against the old the Bengals 49ers game. That would be a reprise of the Super Bowl. So I, I this is I think the final four give us a lot of potential good matchups. I, I mean, I think probably Andy versus the Eagles would be the, the most interesting. But um, I, I sort of think the Bengals are the hottest team right now in there. So I would not be surprised to see the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl right now. Judy Batista, NFL.com, NFL Network, inside the NFL. We'll be tracking all your work throughout the postseason. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you guys. Take care. Thank Great you. having you, you on. There's Judy Batista on Grant and Danny. We can revisit what she said about Dan Snyder coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, real quick, I got a tweet from someone while we were talking about the coaching carousel here. You can hit us up on social media, at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny. I thought this was an interesting point. Uh he says, Delta says, NFL has run out of hot offensive candidates. They're literally firing too many coaches. Now, I don't know that it's true to say that you've run out of hot offensive candidates, but I think there is a conversation to be had. Are they replenishing quickly enough with how quickly guys get fired? I think that's a great point. This year it's only five. That's yeah. nothing. Normally it's seven, eight, nine coach vacancies. I mean, there were, going into last year, 10 of 32 coaches in the league, so less than a third of the league, had held their job for longer than three years going into this past season. Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, 22, 15, and 14 years respectively. Carroll in Seattle for 12. Reed's been with the Chiefs for nine. And then the drop-off, McVay was the, the sixth longest tenured coach in the NFL. Like, that's crazy to think about it, five years. Then you had uh, Sean McDermott at five years, Kyle Shanahan, tied for being the longest tenured coach outside of the Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Reed, Carroll group, and guys like Frank Reich, who's been fired at four years, were next. So now you're down to nine of 32 coaches who have had their job for four seasons, basically. Is there enough of the up-and-coming star young talent? There's not going to be a D'Amico Ryans every single year, right? So if you're trying to fill six on average, maybe seven vacancies a year, are there always six or seven really deserving great young coordinators? I think that's a fair question. I think it's a great question. So I think we went through this super rapid, anybody that was on Sean McVay's staff, anybody that was, I guess, here at one point with with Kyle Shanahan and company was getting a gig. There are still some hot young offensive coordinators. So Just top of my head, Ken Dorsey. Uh, is a guy that's probably going to get just some, he works some looks. For the bills. Cause, yeah, because he seriously, that's all it was. I mean, people, other people's bona fides were: Were you involved in the great offense? Pick him up, yeah. you know. And sometimes you get the Nathaniel Hackett situation. Ben where, Johnson in yeah, Detroit, Johnson in Detroit, Kafka in Philly. Those are the big names now. Yeah, so there are always going to be enough of them for for some some excitement. What but happened I, to Bienemy, by the way? Uh, I don't know. You don't even hear his name anymore. Somebody, I think the Colts did an interview with him. Right, and they were very public about that because now everybody tweets every interview candidate. I don't know. I, I, so I don't. I don't think we're out of hot young head coaching candidates from the offensive side of the ball, but I do think we went so fast, so light speed that maybe there's now a bit of a correction. Right, enough Hackett's happened, enough McDaniel's happened, enough you know guys that maybe aren't quite it. The Matt Nagy probably wasn't great in Chicago. Enough of those guys aren't really superstars, and it's not automatic that you get a Zach Taylor, a Lafleur, or somebody else. So I think there's maybe a bit more reticence. I just think your point yesterday, I think, is the most salient one. I think these jobs suck, and everybody knows it. 
it's a death sentence. If you try to be a head coach at one of those spots, you're doomed, and it may tarnish your reputation for here, heretofore. Yeah, I think this year for sure the jobs are not that good, and that's part of what we're seeing. But I, I do also wonder just moving forward if we've seen the extreme end of how quickly you're able or want to move on from people. You know, this year is an example. Nathaniel Hackett fired after one season, and this has happened a handful of times over the last few years. You think about Steve Wilkes, some of the other recent, it used to be once every 10 years, 12 years that happened with a guy like Marty Schottenheimer because an owner went flew off the handle or there was a big fight behind the scenes or something. Now it's semi-regular. You know, people wanted Josh McDaniels fired six games into the season in Vegas. And it's, it is getting crazy how fast teams move on from these coaches in a league where I think we all believe you can, you can get better quickly. And, and that's the expectation, obviously, when they get hired. Uh, Danny's getting nervous by how quiet things are on the Snyder front. I still don't really worry about what's being reported because I've gotten to a point where I, I view it as game, set, match. It's over. He's selling. Want to take your temperature on that and see where you weigh in. Uh, we'll get to that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 